Hello everybody, this is Nathan Witt. Um, you probably remember me from the original Dice Saga. Uh, I am bringing Dice Saga back. And there's gonna be a decent amount of changes. Um, so first off, just so everyone knows, we had to shut Dice Saga down for a number of reasons. Um, some of it was some copyright issues and whatnot. Um, the companies that own the big tabletop RPGs, uh, they don't like it when anybody could possibly make a dime using any of their material. I'll just put it that way. So, that being the case, uh, we are going to play a tabletop RPG. We are going to use open game content, and we're not going to be using any of the words that could count as copyright, product identity, or thus. Um, so most of, most, if not all of the rules that you hear are going to be very, very similar to rules that you already know, or exactly the same because of open game content laws and things like that. Um, but we will not be branded as to what exact game we're playing. And in fact, actually there will be some original content on the, on the game side of it. Um, the entire storyline will be original content. There may be an homage to someone who played a character that I really liked at some point. Um, and all of that's done out of honor. That's not me trying to infringe or anything like that. Um, the other thing that really hurt us was scheduling conflicts. Um, we've always been a family first kind of show. And as you will hear in the background of this show, what we've decided to bring you is a true example of an actual at-home game. Um, because this is my at-home game with Jacob. Um, we set this game up and only after we had already had it all set up did we decide to go ahead and record it for uh, for the channel and bring Dice Saga back. So it is a single player campaign. We will have guest people in from time to time and maybe at some point we might end up bringing in a, a second player but it's going to be a small, uh, small character based campaign with a lot of RP and a good deal of uh, story involved and that's how I run my at-home games. Uh, we're not going to do the big production We may at some point use the game table, but in these first couple of episodes We're gonna be at my kitchen table. I am still using the background boards and the miniatures and all that stuff, of course But um, my children are running around in the background um, Jacob's children are running around in the background our, our wives are going about their business doing their thing and we're playing a game so um, this will not be the big production that, that you may be used to with a lot of the live play shows. Um, and if that's not for you, it's not for you. No hard feelings. We're, we're not doing this to get rich and famous and all of that. We're doing this because we love it. Um, that being said, one of the main reasons I shut down to begin with was because if at some point I decide I want to monetize my material, my content, my work, um then I want to be able to monetize my work and I don't want to have to fight someone with a cease and desist and all of that crap um, because I'm playing their game even though they can't copyright the mechanics and I'm not using any of their original material. It just says uh, the game name on it. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I'll be bringing this back. Um, and like before, um, I know like if you've watched uh, the Saga Gaming channel with our video game content and all that, you know that at some point uh, we would 
definitely like to do Patreon and stuff like that. If, if, uh, if demand hits that, that people want to do those kinds of things, I'm not doing this to get rich. I'm doing this because I truly enjoy doing this. And at some point, yeah, uh, if I have enough viewers and people want extra content that I can't just afford by myself, yeah, I might open a Patreon. Yes, I might monetize. So don't think for a second that I'm not like, mm, I'm, I'm going to be holier than thou and I'm, I'm never going to monetize. I'll, I'll never take a dime, blah, blah, and all that. Forget that. Look, if you're going to make money at something, make money at it. Don't do it at the expense of your story. Don't do it at the expense of your morals and don't do it at the expense of your audience. If you choose later, if I open a Patreon, you choose to give me money, that's on you. I'm not going to stop giving you content. I'm going to keep giving the content for free. Now, there may be some exclusive content that you can pay for because I don't have the money to pay for it, right? Like, of course, that's how Patreon works. But if you like the content I put out, it will always be free, okay? Um, I'm not looking to make my living on you uh, having to pay for what I give you for free now. So if there was any worries about that in the future and all of that as well. In either case... We're bringing Dice Saga back. Uh, these first couple of episodes, they're a little slow, but running a single player campaign, not people to bounce stuff off of, not other characters to bounce stuff off of. So these first couple episodes, he's trying to figure out who this character actually is, and it's, it's good content. I thought it was very good gameplay, but it's not fast. It's not action-packed. We are playing a political intrigue, so it'll be more RP than action. Not to say there won't be action, but uh, just keep it in mind. And uh, if you've ever had questions about how you run a single-player campaign, because I've had a lot of people ask over the years, how, how can you do it? Maybe this will be the best example uh, I've seen on the internet. Maybe it won't, but I've... I've never found good examples of how to run a single player campaign so hopefully you enjoy and uh welcome back to dice saga there are trillions of worlds across the universe on a handful of these life gained a foothold one such world is midgard midgard's one defining feature is that it is spectacularly unlucky it is in a constant fight with death. Each age of this tiny world is defined by the rise and fall of a lich. For three ages, the people of Midgard fought back, and just when it seemed like they had defeated death itself, the lich returned. Now at the end of the fourth age, all that stands is one city. The city spans out 200 miles in every direction from the center. At the center of the city is a large portion known as Capital Circle. It encompasses an area the size of New York City and is about 35 miles at its widest point. Radiating out from Capital Circle are 23 districts and all specializing in different trade goods and operating independently under a feudal system. All this leads back to King Nebuch Maynard. King Maynard is an old king with no heirs, and as such, every lord and lady in the kingdom is trying to grab enough power to take the throne. These power grabs range from dirty politics to gang wars in the streets. Free trade used to be how the system worked. 
but now it is encumbered with overreaching taxes back and backroom deals. Illegal drugs, human trafficking, extortion, and inflation are at an all-time high. Surrounding all of this is a constant reminder that there is no escape. Nearly 1,300 miles of wall with sealed gates and magical barriers encompass the city, a symbol of the salvation of life against the plague that turned most of the world into an undead nightmare. Welcome to Nordra, the last bastion of hope for mankind. And what I would say is like, if you're looking at this as a movie, the camera has been slowly panning in on this tiny planet that is blackened with death to see this city from above. And as it pans in further, it comes down on the capital circle and it slowly pans in to see a young man entering into the marketplace of Capital Circle. Who is he? Uh, you see this young fire genasi. Uh, his name is Dante Greystone. Uh, he, he's eagerly walking towards the market. He's got this empty bag slung over his shoulders. His black hat keeps the sun from his eyes as he walks through the streets. You can see a district watch badge on his belt showing him to be a sergeant of District 13. And he has a rifle sling over his back and a pepper box holstered at his side. Looking at him, you see a man that's all business, until you look a little closer. A glint of humor in his eye and excitement rings through. If you could see in his mind, you'd see how eager he is to actually get to the tinkerer's stance. He's been waiting on parts forever, and coming to this market is almost the only upside to being drugged to the capital by his father. Alright, so we enter the market of Capital Circle. This is the marketplace. You notice that there are a decent amount of guards here. I would say more so than District 13 where you're from. Um, and you know because you've been one of these guards a time or two at least. Um, you see a number of shops uh, lining the road on either side and beyond the shops uh, towards the back. There are high walls that encompass the market with exits and things, but the market is a self-contained area within the capital circle. There are small alleyways and stuff that lead out from behind the buildings to other places. One thing about this city is that it has stood for a very long time and because of its size, um, or at least its size restriction, it has started to find the need to grow up because it can't grow out. So the buildings definitely tower and you will see like these market buildings, they're quite small for market buildings, but they are very tall and there might be multiple floors to them that have goods in them and along with apartments and other things above them where these people would live. Okay. What do you do? You want to look at these places or you want to go like try and find the tinkerer stand right away? Well, I think... <clears throat> his brain like is is trying to hyper fixate on the tinker stand but all of his training and his city watch stuff has made it to where like when he gets as goal oriented as he is at this moment mm -hmm. he makes himself stop so i think he's going to pretty much isolate the tinker stand immediately okay but then i think he's going to kind of block it out and like take a look at what's going on around him, see if anything out. like stands out as right. 
Okay. So as you look around the marketplace, um, I'm not gonna make you roll perception <coughs> checks for seeing the businesses. Um, you do see a music shop off to your left. Um, and directly to your right, you see a shop called Oddities. Not sure what it is, but there are odd things in the windows, uh, different weird looking things that look very old. Um, beyond that, you see a shop called Animals Emporium. And there are birds in the windows, um, in cages. You see a large snake uh, in a tank, and so on. It's a pet shop. Um, across the street from uh, Animals Emporium, there is a, I wouldn't say it was a well-lit shop. Now you're in the middle of the day, so you can see the outside, but the windows seem to be mm, soot covered, I guess, on the inside, so you can't just see through the windows. Um, and it is just called Salvage. Um, beyond the pet shop, there is a vacant shop. It has a sign that says for lease. Um, and uh, contact information and all of that. Uh, there is an alchemist shop across from the vacant, the vacant store. It'll be here. Um, and it just says potions in a really odd, oddly written script. Um, beyond the vacant store, there is an armorer's shop. It's just called Arms and Armor. Um, and beyond that, you see a shop that is called uh, Leather Goods. And you see a lizard folk talking to one of the guards outside of it. Um, across the street from the armorer's shop, you see another shop and you can't quite discern what the shop sells. It's just called Freelance. And beyond that, you see one that says blacksmith and tinkering. Uh, and there are numerous other shops, food and all of that sort of thing, general stores, maybe some bars right. uh, further down the street. But this is the main affair. So the lizard folk talking to the guard. <laughs> Does this look like a casual conversation? Does it look like maybe there's like a problem? No, no, they're just having a conversation. I gotcha. Uh, you do notice, uh, I would say unlike District 13 or maybe any of the few other districts that you've been in, is that at least in this marketplace, you haven't seen a lot of this district yet because you came straight here, um, everything seems to be well in order. Like there's not a lot of bull going on you know yeah uh you're looking at um and i don't have them on the board but you do see numerous people traveling between the shops chatting maybe even sitting on a bench and eating some lunch or something like that um it's a very calm area and environment gotcha i think i've seen a couple shops that i've like put on the list but i haven't seen anything that takes precedence over the tinkerers so mm -hmm. i'm gonna walk there and as I go past like salvage I'm gonna try and look in the door a little bit uh, I'm pretty much gonna try and peek in the doors of the animal emporium salvage and I don't remember what that one was but I knew it intrigued me this one yeah oddities oddities yeah I'm I like oddities yeah um so I want to kind of like as I walk through 
I want to see if I can get a little more specific on oddities as I'm making my way towards it. Just like a quick right. little While you're passing by? Yeah. Okay, so go ahead and roll a perception check. All right. Since this is my first roll that involves a skill that I've put effort into, <laughs> I would like to mention that because this is a single-player campaign, he was very generous with skill points. And uh, number's going to be high, folk. Yeah. We had to... Uh... We had to buff this character a little bit. So he has, what, two extra feats and a few extras here and there with a few extra skill points just for survivability's sake. Yeah, uh, so, so it's a 26, 26? for perception. Right. As you're passing by and you're looking into the door, uh, you do see two water genasi inside the building. Um, kind of kindred folk, you know. Um, and they are messing with what appears to be a very old trunk covered in barnacles. And they're trying to get it open. And it is repelling them. Magically. Like, you, you, see, you see they're trying to open it, and the, uh, the male uh, of the two, there's a male and female in here, and the male gets thrown backwards by what you view as a magical burst. Yeah. Of energy. It doesn't look like a trap. Um, it just looks like it doesn't want to be opened. So, I could use a utility shot on this, right? Possibly. Yeah, like, I mean, I'd have to roll for it and everything. Well, no, what I'm saying is it would depend on if it's a lock or not, because I think utility shot will unlock, a, like, a lock, right? Yeah. Um... But it, it does say that I can use it on a magic lock. Yeah, just saying. It would depend on whether or not this chest is locked or just doesn't want to be opened. I got you. Well, I'm gonna... With your roll, I would say that you have an inkling that it's possibly not that it's locked, that it's possibly actively trying not to be opened. I got you. Well, I'm going to uh, definitely put them on my list to go through. Okay. And I'm going to make my way a little bit closer, and I'm going to try and peer through the walls of oddities again as I'm walking by. Through the windows and the door? Yeah. All right. A 26. Okay. We're <laughs> off to a... Consistent Consistent start. start. Yeah. Um, as you walk by the, uh, the pet store, you're looking through the windows, and, I mean, every manner of pet that you can think of, you're seeing... Oh, I thought you were looking through the pet shop. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just like, no, you're fine. like wrong store, homie. So the windows are indeed soot covered, um, but the door itself, you can see through the door. Um, as you look through, what you're seeing is what appears to be very, very old equipment. Um, indeed, salvage. Um, I'm not going to say you get a sense that any of it is necessarily magical, but some of this equipment is older than this city. Um, and I, without rolling, you know, like, knowledge history or something like that, you may not be able to get much more than that, but you do recognize that some of this is old, like, in your own district, in the few areas that there are uh, farming some of the old equipment there looks new compared to some of this and some of its farm equipment some of its uh, Sailing equipment some of it, so on right right um, you do know you haven't been there But you do know that a, a section of this city's wall is built into the ocean um, So there is a decent amount of sailing that goes on. It's just not a massive huge spot It's literally there for fishing so and, and sustainability of the city 
Uh, so I'm gonna move closer. Now before I go into the tinkerer's shop, mm -hmm. uh, I want to, I, I guess, clear or verify some stuff. Yeah. This is the capital city, so the tinkerer here should be like pretty good. He's very good, yes. That being said, he does split his time between a blacksmith's forge. Right. So, so my question is, do have I heard of him? Like, do I know who he is? You would have heard of him, yeah. Have we met before? I don't think you probably would have met before. He doesn't really leave. Uh, has you've been to the Capital Circle before, but more so when you were a child. Right. Um, so my follow-up is, has he heard of me at all? Possibly. Okay. I'll roll to see. All right. Well, I want to go ahead and ding my way through this door. Okay. Um, so what's going on in here? Okay, so as you enter the, the shop, you do see one wall that is covered with an assortment of firearms. On the other wall, there is an assortment of swords and daggers and uh, scythes, all kinds of things of that nature. But this is a weapons store. Um, towards the back of the store, you see a large um, earth elemental. He's uh, primarily made of stone. He has crystals coming out the top of his head. Um, and he is wearing leather, and he is swinging a hammer that is way too large for most people to be swinging as he's making something. As you enter, a bell rings, and you see him turn kind of slowly, or I wouldn't say slowly, but deliberately, uh, to look to you, and he sets the hammer down on the ground, and when it touches the stone floor, you can feel that small wave into your feet from uh what 30 feet away i think that store is about 30 feet so i would say maybe 20 feet away yeah um <clears throat> so when i walk in and i see him actively forging uh, i'm assuming it's still got some heat left in the metal like when i walk in because he wasn't in the process of putting it back he's holding it barehanded so i'm just gonna kind of like <laughs> basically be like you know finish your your heat like don't waste the whatever like, oh, it's like fine. Before you, like, this particular yeah. project is just something I'm working on. As you can see, my shelves are full at the moment, so this is for me. What can I do for you, youngster? Um, I'm actually looking for some particular components. I sent uh, a missive ahead uh, with my order. Uh, uh, we get numerous things in. What would be the name on this? Uh, Greystone, sir. Greystone. Oh yes, the boy from District 13. I've heard great things about your work. I believe I've seen one of your original pieces in here before. Uh, thank you, sir. I've been uh, tinkering with... As you say this, he goes over and he opens a case and he's like, Ah oh, yes, just three weeks ago. And he pulls up um, a pistol that you made and it has your mark on it. Um, he's like, yes, he's like, traded a dwarf for this uh he was quite remiss to get rid of it i don't know if you remember all of your pieces but this one was quite interesting to me the gear work on the side of it not seen that before uh i think as a nobleman's son that I try and keep this air of like professionalism, but another part of me is like, this is the tinkerer from the capital, and I'm just like, oh my god, he's <laughs> in the desert, all that stuff. Right. Uh, 
Well, you know, you know that he makes guns like what you would have heard him. He's a very good tinker. And in fact, actually, he may be a better tinker than you, but he is not exclusively a gunsmith. Right. And a lot of what he makes are things that, um, very clockworky type things. So, uh, like a quick release sheath and things of that nature, a quick draw sheath, um, that is like attached to the arm that would literally throw a dagger into the arm. Um, or into the hand. It was out. Like, it would be there, and then you could... <coughs> yeah. Uh, in, in game terms, it would allow you to draw that as a free action. Right. To uh, draw multiple <clears throat> as a free action. So, I want to kind of take this pistol from him, and uh, see, like, when, like, kind of when along my journey I met. Like, if, is this some of my recent work? Is this, like... Okay, this would have been some of your earlier work. Um, it probably would have been your very first foray into double barrel pistols when you very first started making those. Um, you would remember the piece. It has a stamp on it and a date. Um, and you had made this about five years ago. Um, well, you were trying to make your way into the city guard. Uh, or into the, the district guard. Yeah. Um, and well, you were basically, well, you were making certain weapons for some of the higher-ups as a means to try to get your face known. Right. Um, okay. You wouldn't have sold this pistol. It was a, It would have been given to one of the captains. So I'm going to ask, you know, like, out of curiosity, you said you traded the dwarf for it. What'd you trade him for? Like, what'd he get out of it? You got a very fine war hammer out of it, and as you know, dwarves tend to do better with that sort of thing. That being said, the Warhammer that he got, I added some flair to, so. Um, he did not have the coin, and I saw the pistol. It was on his belt. It took quite a bit of talking to get a hold of it, but craftsmanship like this, I couldn't pass up. Um. I'm Steen, by the way. Dante, it is nice to meet you. It is nice I'm, to meet you. Uh, and I want to kind of like pull out my pepper box and kind of like go to present it to him. Be like, this is my latest working project. Um, okay. He takes it from you and examines it. Um, actually, I'll roll. Um, I have his stats. I can tell you what his engineering is. Tell me what his engineering is. I'm not telling you what it is, but... You just said you would. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you what he rolled. Where is he? Okay. So he rolled a 32. If you want to do the math. Yeah, but I already, <laughs> I already did. <laughs> you were like, I'll tell you what he rolled. I just like immediately sat up and looked at the die. Well, you know, normally I use a screen. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I thought it would be more fun not to. Uh, um, so he looks the pistol up and down and, and realizes that you've done some modifications to it uh, beyond the scope of a normal pepper box. Right. Um, what I would say is he could probably recognize what you're going for, but he's not sure if it would work because it's not something he's ever tried. Are you talking about the, uh, well, like the enchantments that I put on it? Or? Not the enchantments. Uh, you, you had talked about doing some work to it to attempt to make it, um, work similar to a revolver. Okay. That, I wasn't sure. Cause like, uh, 
the parts that I had for a lot of the enchantments are actually currently in this guy's shop. Uh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like... No, he's, he's <laughs> looking at the, the mechanical work that you've done to it. Like, you obviously, you still have to rotate it by hand, but he yeah. can see that you've started to add little bits and bobs here to try to make it rotate with the pull of the trigger. Right. And, like, he understands the mechanics behind it, but it's also not something he's ever tried. Right. So... Um, so I'm going to tell him, like, I'm going to pull out a set of blueprints that I have for a set of dual pepper boxes. Uh, so the, uh, you know, I'm talking to him, like, so obviously the main drawback in a pepper box is that you can only, like, you have to have a free hand. Yeah. Uh, with a pistol, even a double barrel pistol, you can wield one per hand. The left-handed, uh, pepper box in this set of twins revolves counterclockwise and the barrels themselves have small fins that extend out so that once you fire each round you can catch them on each other's fins and rotate both of them okay. for the next round and it's something that like i've not had the materials to build yet but i was wondering what you thought about the design right i think it would work or at least it could work i could see Possibly problems within the the mechanism itself, like if it didn't get lined up properly. Um, right. Rotating it by hand, you you can feel the click. Um, it might work. The fun part about experimentation is that you don't know that it fails until it blows up in your face. <laughs> uh, so, as we're kind of talking. Um, the one that I'm, I've been excited about is like, as he's talking, he's like handing me his order and I've paid for it and everything. We're just kind of talking over mm -hmm. designs. I'm absent-mindedly just like, like as we're having a normal conversation, I just like start messing with this like as I'm talking to him. Mm -hmm. And I think I'll probably have like the flaming edition on my pepper box before I walk out of this, just like as I'm talking to him and everything. So those editions will actually be like oils that you rub into the weapon. Right. And they will, the magic properties of that oil will sink into it. Uh, so it's like a gun oil that has that spell cast into yeah. it um, and add the flaming properties. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, I'm just sitting there upgrading. Like you the would take like your cleaning kit out and actually clean and rub yeah. the oil into it and everything, yeah. And then upgrade like the, like the materials and all that with, for like the mastercrafted smith stuff that he made for me. And well, the mastercrafted stuff you did. Beforehand. Right. Well, I wasn't sure if, like... Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, like, he, he made a special hammer for me. Oh, okay, yeah. So you would change the hammer yeah. while you guys are chatting over your designs. And yeah. And I think I discussed the the ideas for the the modification to a revolver. Okay. And go from there. And you guys have a, some good conversation about that. He also, before you leave, he will hand you a schematic of his own for a weapon that he's designing, and he just, it's like, when you have time, look over it and see what you think. I can't get it to work exactly. Um, and it is a type of firearm, but um, not one you've ever seen. Can I make a quick engineering check? Sure. I'm really good at this. I, I haven't rolled higher than a seven yet. That is an 18. There um, you go. So that's going to be... Um, 42. Okay. What you're looking at is probably the most complicated schematic you have ever seen in your life. You recognize so much of it. 
Like you're looking at it and you're like, I know what this does, I know what this does, I know what this does, but you've never seen any of these components together. Gotcha. Fair enough. So your engineering check would allow you to kind of have an idea of how some of these components might work together, but until you build it yeah, and try to make it work, I'd say it'd be really hard looking at a schematic to try to figure out exactly what he's going for. Um, at least but the like, conversation that you guys have had has at least led him to believe, and your reputation has led him to believe that between the two of you, you might be able to figure out how to make his design work where he's not been able to, um, at least over time. Yeah. Can I tell like what kind of, of firearm is going, like rifle, pistol, shotgun, ballista, um, Barrett 50 cal? Like, it's, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a type of rifle for sure. No. No, no, no. It's, it, it's a type of rifle. Um, what I would say, so so that you know, it would be akin to a rolling block. Okay. Um, with added things. I gotcha. That you will discover over time. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, he, he, has, he has the idea. He cannot make it work. I gotcha. He has tried to build it numerous times. He cannot make it work. He needs someone who specifically deals with guns. And he, like I said, the conversation that you guys have, have had has at least sparked a friendship here. Um, well, he feels like maybe you might be the guy. All right. Well, I, uh... Dope. Well, perhaps sometime when I get time to leave this shop... Which I do have an assistant. He's upstairs with my boy, Steen. Funny. It is a common name among my folk. Two for two, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, it means stone. It makes sense. <laughs> my father's name was Steen as well. Yeah, my, uh, my friends call me Hotshot, if that matters. Yes, Because my head's on fire <laughs> most of the time. I could see that. <laughs> that being said, when I do get a chance to leave here, he's almost ready to take over the shop and do some things. Perhaps maybe I could visit you in District 13 at your shop. I feel like you would probably have the tools specific to guns that might be able to do this. Maybe we could work together on a project sometime. That sounds wonderful. Um, if you don't mind, do you have like a copy of these designs that I can take with me? Oh, that, that, can... that is yours. I... I have a few copies of it. I thought if I printed out 80 times, maybe it could. The conversation that we had led me to believe that you were at least trustworthy not to try to spread it around. However, my failures to make it work lead me to believe that if you did, it also wouldn't matter. <laughs> so, um, I do not believe, however, that you would create this and claim this as your own. No, I, I couldn't. Um. This piece here, and I point to like a section, mm -hmm. uh, the design, I'll need some time to work out. Um, and most of these materials I can make or acquire throughout, but this one, like, and I point to like the, like the actual firing mechanism or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, like this piece is obviously custom to this. Do you happen, have you happened to have made that one component? I have, yes. Uh, I can actually send these things to your shop if you like. That would be perfect. I have all of these components in some form or fashion or another. Some failed, some not tested yet. Alright. I can send the components of this weapon to your shop, and then perhaps maybe we can put it together. Yes, I will, um, 
I will definitely, like, I still have some shopping to do and then district business. Um, yes. I do believe I know your father. Um, what is his name? Lucius? Uh, Lucian. Lucian, yes. Yes. He is, uh, the Lord of District 13, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes. I take it your shop is detached from the manor. Yes, I, um... I hate the trope of, uh, noble spoiled kids, so I got two jobs. (laughs) Some nobles are spoiled and some are not. It's just the reality of it. But your father's reputation precedes him, and I am glad to know that his reputation has not bled into you. Yes, I uh, can't help the name you're born with, but I can build cool guns. Uh, And I'm going to kind of like shake his hand, I'm going to make my way towards... uh, Roll a 42 save. No, (laughs) No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 